0: Welcome to this Niche AudioCast. I'm Angela Brown, Senior Enrollment Insights Leader at Niche. Today, you're going to hear a webinar that's been converted to a podcast so you can listen to it on the go. You can find all of the resources that are mentioned here and the original recording on the Enrollment Insights blog, which you can find at niche.bz/insights. Enjoy! Okay, my friends, it is 2.02, so we're going to go ahead and jump in. Um. Oh, hey, Craig. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for joining. It's nice to see some friendly faces on the call, um, or friendly names, at least. So for those of you who don't know me, I am Angela Brown, the Senior Enrollment Insights Leader for K-12 at NICHE. And today we're gonna do something a little different. You may have seen some previous webinars based on our research. Today we're gonna be digging into some platform data and looking at how parents get to NICHE, what they focus on while they're there, and how you can make sure that you're making a good first impression for your school or your district. So let's jump on in. Before we get started, housekeeping is super important. So yes, for anyone who is wondering, we will be recording this session. The recording is going to go out tomorrow morning with slides, so watch your inboxes for that. Feel free to forward it along to a friend or a colleague. There will also be an audio version in the form of a podcast that you'll be able to find on the Enrollment Insights podcast feed, which we hope you subscribe to, on your favorite podcast app. I will be doing more slide reading than I normally do um, as result of that just to help out the folks who might be uh, doing this in the listen-only mode. And then if you have questions, you can enter those in the question section of the GoToWebinar console. It should be on the right side of your screen. And I will try to cover as many as I can after we get through some questions that came through in advance registration. So, here we go. First things first, I wanted to start with some observations that we've made in the last year between some of our recent research and just some things that we've seen behaviorally happening on the platform. So in this first column, we see that parents are typically looking at and comparing multiple schools in different categories. One thing we are going to see later in this presentation is that parents are um, parents looking at some school types spend a lot of time taking a really deep dive into what communities are really like through reviews. So that's something that we found to be kind of interesting. But all in all, about 42% of parents are interested in researching different types of schools across categories, even though I think a lot of the times in schools, if you're at an independent school, you only think about independent schools. And if you're at a Catholic school, you only think about Catholic schools. And if you're a public school, you only think about other public schools. But the reality is it doesn't actually matter that much to parents. They just want what's best for their children, right, regardless of what type of community that happens to fall into, which is why we see that cross-segment search um, activity on the platform. Most families add three to four schools to their lists, so to speak, on niche. So if you're not familiar with the parent portal, parents have the ability to create lists that we make really easy for them to use to compare schools. If you've ever been on a website comparing you know, features of a washing machine or a dishwasher, you know, something like that. And you have the chart where you can do the different comparisons. We have something similar that parents can use for schools. And then more than 68% of families active on the platform are actually looking at elementary schools. So most of them are looking in that PK to eight age range. That does not mean that we don't have that many people in the older grades, but that tends to represent The majority of our traffic the second column is a look at how families encounter niche in the search process and i'll go into that in more detail throughout the presentation but it's all about google they hop into that oval shaped box they do these really broad searches provided that they don't already have specific schools in mind for the search process and they're looking for some of these broad terms like Elementary schools near me, best private schools near me, best elementary schools in in fill-in-the-blank metro location, and that's typically how they get to the platform. And then in this third column, I wanted to share some data from our most recent State of Enrollment and Marketing survey on how schools reported changing their strategies coming into this year. So 53% of private schools and 51% of public schools shared that they are spending more on digital marketing than in previous years and a quarter of schools are planning to increase their budgets for school search and review platforms like ours and others. So we thought that was kind of interesting and relevant to this discussion. Now, anytime I talk about data, I want to tell people where it comes from. So in this instance, the data looked at user engagement on K-12 expansion pages between September 1st of 2021 and June 1st of 2022. For standardization, we used what is typically a standard enrollment cycle for an independent school to set our time frame because that tends to align with peak times for when families are doing these activities. And I'll, I'll get back to that in a second. Expansion pages, definition, these are the sub pages along the left side of the profile about specific topics for things like academics, students, teachers, reviews, etc. So that's what we're really looking at. And then parents and guardians can access these sections either directly on the profile, I'll show you what that looks like in a little bit, or through search, which is something that typically happens. So we're going to start with parent search and we're going to look at entrance data Which tells us where parents start on niche what happens after they do that broad level search that we looked at earlier So the biggest takeaways here are that after they perform the typical search in Google Most families started their time on niche through rankings results pages reviews and academics pages So we're going to walk through what that looks like and I love this exercise. This is actually something that I recommend Um, for, for anyone, because I think that this is, you know, it's really good to put yourself in your prospective family shoes and see, you know, what are they seeing? What are they experiencing? How long is it taking for them to find your school's website? So this is all really important, and it's something that you should do a couple times a year. But this is an example of what a parent would see if they did a broad search for elementary schools near me where I live in Northern Virginia. And you can see that niche is at the top of the first page. And then when they click on that link, this is that rankings results page that I mentioned. So this is the typical view for entrances um, for prospective families on the site. And then from there, they can click on a school's profile and then navigate to an expansion page for a school using the navigation along the side. So that's that navigation that I referenced earlier where you can see some of these other categories like academics, students, etc. So we're going to double click on that. As I mentioned, entrance data helps us to understand where people are starting their sessions. And popular entrance pages represent the areas where niche attracts users directly to the site. So these are entry points that just demonstrate our our strong SEO position. So we see that the majority of families start with the rankings result page that I just showed a couple slides ago at 59%. Then 26% came from reviews, 7% came from the academics page, and 6% came from the students' pages. I also want to call out seasonality, because we have seen, not just this year but in previous years, that traffic has a tendency to peak in the early fall and in the spring. And that's not a surprise, right? That's that's typically in line with parent search behavior in the fall, where they're searching and comparing. And then they look again in the spring when decisions go out if they're thinking about schools with formal applications or lottery processes. So if you have a small team or no team at all and you can't keep your profile updated year round, I would make a priority to do it during those times of year. Those are two time periods where you want to make sure that People are seeing the latest and greatest information about your institution. And then, if we drill down by school type, we see a lot of similarities with entry points. You know, we see the rankings again, with the exception of parents looking at the district level, because this is with reviews, people are less likely to leave reviews um, for at, at the district level than they are as you know, for schools that they have individual schools that they have um, experiences with. So we start to see some other differences when we get into volume. But that was one thing that kind of stuck out there. So great segue into page views. This is looking at actual volume. So how many people are looking at at, you know, X, Y and Z. So once parents are on niche, what are the pages that are getting the most traffic? And the page views were highest for rankings, reviews, and students' pages. Academics kind of slips out of the top three for volume. But when we drill down, we start to see some of those differences by school type that I mentioned. But before we drill down, we're going to start again at the high level. So we see rankings and reviews again, 46% from rankings, 30% of traffic from reviews. But then we see that students start to rise at the top. That's where you're going to see demographic information about students, reviews from students about the school community. So we're getting to niche based on things like rankings, but the volume really comes down to starting to look at whether or not you think your child is going to fit in a community and what other students have to say about what it's really like, particularly in the older grades. Academics will tell you things like math and reading proficiency, test scores, college matriculation, depending on the age group that you're looking at. Um, but I, I certainly thought it was interesting to see that that was not um, among the most viewed pages. People are really looking for, you know, they feel like they can kind of tackle the academics, but they're looking more for fit. And then when we drill down here, we found that for private schools, interestingly, parents tend to spend almost as much time on reviews pages alone as other expansion pages combined. So some spend as much as four to five minutes on reviews pages on average compared to two to three minutes on other page types. And that's really important if you work for a private school because it shows that, one, Parents are taking a really deep dive into reviews primarily because they're looking at making a financial investment in your institution, but that should also be a priority, right? So if you do nothing else, making sure that your reviews are current and that you have a decent amount of them is something that you're definitely going to want to look at. Parents looking at public school district pages want to know more about the quality and the strength of a district before they either move or before they enroll their child in in a school or some combination of those two things. So there's a bit more of a focus on rankings. And this is consistent with data from our 2022 parent survey, where we saw that 79% of families reported that the quality of local public schools was a factor in their decisions about where they were going to live. And that was regardless of what type of school they ultimately chose. But it's not all about rankings. Um, so oh, I see a question about how are rankings determined. We're gonna get there. We'll 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 tell you. Just hit hang tight. <laughs> hang tight, it's coming. So um it's not all about rankings, but we are gonna talk about rankings. So in this section, we're gonna talk through additional points of value for families on the niche platform and how you can take more ownership of your school or district's presence if you haven't already, because your profile really has the ability to serve as an extension of your broader digital footprint. So when parents find you on the platform, which is inevitable, you know, we just saw that you can't hide on niche, you wanna make sure that you're putting your best foot forward. So we're gonna talk about how you can do that. Now, rankings and grades. Let's let's peel back the curtain and solve the mystery because this is something that you know lots and lots and lots of people wanna know. And it is available on our website, but it's a lot of information, so I did my best to condense it for you. So the first thing I wanna share that I think is really, really important to know is that rankings and grades are not pay to play. I'm gonna say that again. Your school or district's ranking or grade have nothing to do with whether or not you have a paid partnership with NICHE. It's a common misconception, but that is not the case. Full stop. Parents trust us because of the site's authenticity, and we would really be compromising that if we favored paid partners and rankings and grades. So that is not something that we do. With that being said, there also really isn't a way to to game the system, so to speak. So we're going to look exactly at what that system is. Now, this is the high level list. All of these things are weighted in very different ways. Um, but in general, it's very similar between public versus private schools with the the biggest differentiator being that private schools are not required to report data to the U.S. Department of Education. So we rely much more on private schools for self-reporting. And I'll come back to that in a little bit. But in general, academic and student life data comes from the Department of Ed and from niche users. This is where the reviews become really important. They've got to take those surveys because one of the things that's a little bit different from us, or between us and you know the US news of the world and great schools and other things is that we put a lot of stock in how people feel about being part of a community that is among the most important things. And this is where reviews become really critical. Test scores, yes, those are a part of it. College data for high schools, it should, it, it's true for private schools as well. Um, and then again, ratings and surveys from niche users. I cannot emphasize that enough. Now, we saw that reviews kind of move back and forth in terms of driving traffic to profiles and parent interest. But where they really come to play is with rankings, grades, and visibility. Um, So it absolutely has an impact on your ranking and grade. Profiles that have more reviews tend to get more traffic, so that is something that is really important as well. I also want to point out that schools and districts that have fewer than five reviews are not eligible to be graded. So if your school or your district does not have a grade, that is something that I would look into for sure. To keep it moving, there are also ways that grades and rankings can change, and it's important to be aware of that as well. So the three top things that can have an impact on a grade or ranking are a change in a school or district's data, changes in other school or districts' data or the population of schools and districts considered in a ranking, and I wanna pause on that because the best way to think about those two things is grading on a curve. So a school or a district can improve its data, but if more schools improve their data, the curve changes and that can cause an individual school to go down in ranking. There are also things like schools opening and closing and and that sort of thing that can have an, an impact because you are ranked based on how you compare to all of the other schools considered in a ranking. That's where it really comes from. And then the last piece is a change in rankings methodology. This is not something that we do very often, Um, but to use the pandemic, for example, there was a period of time sort of at the height of the pandemic where a lot of colleges were going test optional, a lot of K-12 schools were kind of pulling back on testing. And so as a result of that, we actually downweighted test scores in the rankings for a year because it just made sense based on what was happening in the industry. So occasionally there might be a change like that. It's very rare, but that is something that can have an impact in ranking. So as you are thinking about your rankings for the upcoming cycle, and this is a really good time of year to be worrying about this or thinking about this, so... There are some things to keep in mind. Coming back to the reviews again, I can't emphasize it enough. It's not just important to families, but as we've seen, they play a big role in our grades and rankings. And again, they impact your visibility. So, you know, if you want peak visibility, you want peak tra- traction, having those reviews is really important. Having current reviews is especially important, profiles that have reviews that are less than two years old get even more traction. And that's not a surprise, right? We're in three year three of a pandemic. What all of your institutions look like now is radically different from what they were like three years ago, right? And parents want to know what's happening in your community today. So it's really important if you come across reviews for your institutions that have things like Offensive language, if they reference an individual's personal information or they criticize a specific teacher or administrator, for example, you can flag those for removal. I know that one common request and question is, can we respond to reviews like you can on Yelp? Unfortunately, we don't have that functionality yet, but it is something that we're definitely reviewing from a product standpoint. Um, We also have some processes in place internally to automatically flag reviews and do regular audits to remove bad reviews for people who are violating our policies. So there's an internal and external component to that as well. And then finally, encouraging members of your community to engage with the platform. That's the biggest thing. Ask them to register for an account so they can participate in those surveys. They can share that information. They can leave reviews. It's super important. One thing that you'll wanna be aware of in terms of timing that I wanna make sure is very clear to everyone on this call. So in addition to the peaks and valleys that we talked about in terms of traffic, another point in time that you wanna be aware of is mid-July. So grades and rankings are updated every year and released in September. The greater ranking that you get in September, that's your greater ranking until the following year. But you have until mid-July to make sure that your data is current and and accurate. And so here we are at the end of February. You have until the middle of July to take a look at your profile. Claim it if you haven't already. Make sure that that information is up to date so you're ready for the next ranking cycle, because that's something that we'll be doing over the summer. Now, a common question that I also get is how in the world do I get all of these reviews? You say the reviews are important. How do we get them, right? So the um, it's these are kind of the greatest hits in terms of, of things that you can do to get reviews from members of your community. One important piece of this is timing. So the fall, the spring, those tend to be the best times to ask for this kind of information. I actually personally recommend the fall just because it's. Everyone's feeling fresh. They're coming off of summer break. No one's brought home a bad grade or gotten into a fight on the playground yet. Everybody's still happy and optimistic. It's a great time to ask members of your community to leave a review. Focusing on people who are already highly engaged in your community is also super important. Go after those low hanging fruit people, you know, so parent volunteers, student ambassadors, teachers and other administrators who have already raised their hands and are supporting your office in different ways. Those are the people that you want to start with. I have heard from some schools that have sent out broad email blasts to their entire communities asking for reviews, and that is certainly something you can do. The downside to that is that if you have a bunch of people flood niche and great schools and private school review and all of these other sites with reviews all at once, it looks a little, it it takes away from that authenticity. So you want to be really careful with timing, building relationships with different offices, teachers, advisors, student groups. I can't emphasize enough how important that is. I know it's hard to get out of your office and You know, rub elbows with all of these people, but having those relationships goes a long way when you need them for things like this. It's also helpful for all of the other storytelling that you're doing over the course of the year, so that's something that you really want to focus on. Also, helping them understand why you're making the ask and telling them exactly what they need to do is really useful. So the why is really, we are asking you to share your story so that other families who are looking for a community like ours can 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 learn about us and discover us and understand what's great about what's going on here. You know, you you are helping us to bring more people like you into the community. It's not, you know, about some crazy marketing scheme or anything like that. It's really about helping other people to understand whether or not your community is a fit for them, and that's really important. Being prescriptive means telling them exactly which sites to go to, giving them some very general guidance, like, hey, just write two to three sentences about your experience with the school. That's it, but then they know where to go, they know that they don't have to write a novel, they just need to speak from the heart, write a couple of sentences. And what's also great about this Beyond niche is that you can use these proof points in a lot of different ways You can put them on your website. You can put them in social media. You can use them in email flows There's so many different things that you can do with this if you have someone that leaves a really great one and you have a way of knowing who that person is or they tell you great, maybe you can get a few minutes from them to do a video testimonial. So there's a lot of ways that you can get additional mileage out of this as well. And then finally, we love a good incentive, right? So gift cards, swag, those are all appreciated. If you are in an institution where you can't do that, I have spoken to some schools that have said, you know, we can't, we have policies or regulations against being able to do things like that, then we're happy to take the burden off of that for you. Um, We actually have a $1,000 school survey sweepstakes. The link to that is at the bottom of this slide. And what that does is it allows them to enter this drawing. It also takes the onus off of you for providing an incentive for, for making this ask. So we're happy to do that for you. Now, some common feedback that I hear is, my profile isn't accurate or up-to-date on Niche. And that happens when a school or district's profile has not been claimed. So if you have not claimed your school or your district's profile, please do that as soon as you get off of this webinar (laughs) because it's so important. It helps with so many things that we'll dig into. Um, So if you see a blue check next to the name of a school or a district on Niche, that means that profile has been claimed. So, and it doesn't cost anything to do that. So it's absolutely free to claim your profile. And once you do that, you can access the dashboard for making updates and that includes correcting any errors or making updates to Department of Education data. You can track user activity for your profile, which is really helpful and other schools in your area with a a report that we send you, a monthly insights report. And if you're part of a district or a charter network, for example, that has a new school open and there's a lag with the Department of Ed getting it on our radar, same process. Use that link at the bottom of the slide and make a request so that we can get the process going and getting a page set up for that new school. Whenever people are on the fence about niche in general, I always recommend that they start here so they can start to see how families in their community are already interacting with the platform. That's typically the biggest question is. Are families in my market even using Niche? And you know I've heard things like I asked people in our last admission cycle if they use Niche and they they couldn't tell me. Well, surveying people formally is helpful to find out how they hear about you, but also having data around the amount of traffic that your profile is actually getting. And I also would really encourage you to check your website referral data for traffic from niche because that will give you an idea of how much traffic from the platform is going to the beautiful website that you've hopefully invested in. And that's a really big indicator. Um, That's a hard number, even look at it over time, see if it's going up or down year over year, and that'll give you a read on how much of an impact that might be making in your area. Now, option two, once you've claimed your profile, you've updated your data, let's say you want to take things one step further. So the premium profile does have some additional bells and whistles that schools and districts can use for some more robust storytelling and brand reinforcement. So this is a look at what that looks like on mobile, since that's where a lot of traffic tends to happen. So at the top, we have this photo gallery that's very popular. We actually introduced the ability to add up to 25 photos to that gallery last year. So that's a newer feature. Um, There's a from the school section. That's a great opportunity to reinforce brand messaging from your website, your mission, your core values, all of that good information. You have the ability to add custom calls to action, which will also be tracked and included in your insights report. If you have upcoming events, whether they're enrollment events or community events, you know maybe you have a play or a musical or something that you want to draw attention to, You can highlight that on your profile. There's a program spotlight. I'll show you an example of that on the next slide. There are no competing ads, so that's a big one. No competing ads will appear in your profile. And you get a more robust audience insights report because we track all of these things and can provide you with data for that. So taking a deeper look at the premium profile, this slide shows a few best practices for making the most of it if you have it. So bright photography that provides a sense of place, Hugely important. We have two great examples of that here one from a private school, one from a school district near me. I actually, Falls Church City Public Schools is one of my favorite because it's one of the most well done profiles that I've seen for a district. So definitely check them out if you want some inspiration. Taking advantage of the program spotlight. So the example here on the bottom right shows how one school is highlighting a unique internship program that it offers its students. But I've also seen this used for promoting new campuses, for fundraising, for teacher recruiting. There's a lot that you can do with this real estate. And that's actually a great segue into what's happening in the bottom left. Niche isn't just about enrollment. I've actually seen more and more schools using it for teacher recruitment, because we do find that as important as reviews and a sense of of what a community is like for prospective families, it is also important for prospective employees. And so, again, this is Falls Church City Public Schools In the bottom left. They're using the video space to focus on teacher recruitment. So the ability to upload a YouTube video and integrate your Instagram feed are also options that are available with the premium profile. And then this last one, this is just a great example of a school that extended its branding from its website to its niche profile. So you see that great continuity with this graphic treatment of a photo in the hero section of their website and how they replicated that on their profile. It's really well done. So in this last section, I want to look at three common scenarios that lead families to start the school shopping process and how they might interact with the niche platform along the way. Um, And what some of this might actually look like in practice and I'll try to get through this quickly so that we can get to questions So we're gonna look at three families the Joneses the Smiths and the Johnson's the Jones family They have a child that's in a transitional grade That's something that we see quite a bit the Smiths have a set of twins that they've already decided They want to change schools for and then the Johnson's are relocating from Chicago to Texas and that's an important one as Concerned as you are rightfully about what's happening in your market It's also helpful to have a read on where people are relocating from and we have some market reports that Can provide a little bit of insight into that for you, but you you don't want to forget about those relocations so for a family like the Joneses their child's a sixth grader at their local public school and they're trying to decide if that's the path that they want to stay on so they hit niche. They want to kind of get a feel for what people outside of their current sphere of influence have to say about their local secondary school, and get a sense of what other options might be available to them. And this is something that could also play out with a family with a rising kindergartner with no familiarity with the current state of their of, of their local schools. So there's a couple different ways that this can happen, but we see again they're searching niche is at the top results. You can even see a little uh, what our search ads look like. That's another thing that we do. Then they use the platform to create that list that I talked about earlier. And the profile helps them understand the uniqueness about each community. Then we have the Smiths. They've already decided that they're, they're going to make a change. And they live in my home state of Michigan, which is a choice state. So they already have a list of school options that they're actively comparing for their twins based on research they've already done. So a family like this will typically make return trips to the platform to make comparisons. And this is a scenario where niche would promote a school for consideration that might not be on their radar based on its similarities to the schools that they have on their list. So that's where a sponsored listing would come in. And then they're using the CTAs on the profile to interact with the schools that they're considering and move the process forward. And last but not least, for a family like the Johnsons, niche plays a role in finding both the right school and the right neighborhood. And that's actually where our places to live and school profiles overlap. So if the Johnsons were to search for cities and neighborhoods in Texas, they'll see a list of options that look like the one on the screen that they can click through to to see a profile for that location. And then from there, they can see information about a city or a neighborhood. Um, including grades for things like safety, whether or not a location is good for families, and of course schools. Public and private schools are listed on these profiles and schools have the ability to purchase sponsored listings that will allow their schools to be more prominently featured on the profile for a given location. But in all three of these scenarios, The schools and the districts that have taken ownership of their content are going to be in the best position. Right. And I will say at this point, public schools and districts are actually underrepresented (laughs) in this area. So if that's you, there's a tremendous opportunity for you here to at least do that free profile claim and make sure that your information is current. So to recap. Seasonality, let's not forget about that. Make sure your profile is current in the fall and then the spring and also before mid-July, before we hit ranking season. As we've seen both now and in looking at our parent survey a few months ago, search is, it's, it's on top. It is the starting point for comparing schools. So you wanna make sure that you're ready and that you're making a great first impression when parents are going through that process. Even though the rankings and the grades are big traffic drivers, they're just two pieces of a much bigger puzzle. So I know that people get a little stuck on the rankings piece, but it's it's not just about the rankings. There are other things that parents are digging into once they, they get active on the platform. We talked at length about how important reviews are, particularly for private schools, because we've now seen that parents considering private schools are spending a lot of time looking at those reviews. So make sure they're current, Um, But they're also really important for rankings, grades, and overall traction. And then the last thing is we are here to help, you know, whether you have a free profile or a paid profile or some other relationship with us. We do things like this. We have lots of content on the Enrollment Insights blog that I would highly encourage you to take a look at. And we're just here to support you, whatever that looks like. So don't be afraid to reach out, and um, we're happy to lend a hand. So I'm going to get to advanced questions, and then I'm going to try to dr- dig into the many questions that have <laughs> popped up um, in the in the chat. So we're going to cover the advanced questions first, and if for some reason, you know, I'm happy to go past 2:45 to make sure we get to as many as we can. But if for some reason I cannot get to your question, I'm going to have my contact information on the last slide, and I'm happy to talk to you one on one if you need it, if there's a pressing question that I can't get to here. So, question number one how to have first page search results as a top school in our region as a K to eight school? So, I get this question quite a bit. Um, so, we touched on some of this earlier, and this is definitely an area where Niche can help. So, for one, Going through the exercise I went through earlier so you know where your school currently shows up is really important. If you see a lot of third-party sites like Niche, Private School Review, Great Schools, et cetera, are coming up, you wanna make sure that your school's information is current on those platforms. So that's step number one. I also wanna flag that Niche does not currently rank private elementary schools. And that is because as of right now, since you, if you remember, Private schools are not required to submit information to the Department of Education. So, where we can pull that for public schools across the board, we can't do that for private schools. And unfortunately, at this point, we don't have enough data from private elementary schools, that's K to six and K to eight, to feel confident about ranking them. So, instead of ranking schools without enough data, we're just not doing that right now. It's a work in progress, but because it's something that we have to work with the schools to, to, you know, to get the information updated. I don't have a definitive timeline on when that's going to change. But you will notice if you're in this category, we have rankings for public elementary schools for the reason that I mentioned. We have them for private K-12s and for private high schools. We don't have them for private elementary schools. So that is something to be aware of. From here on, It's SEO 101, and this is a very high-level overview, but check your website analytics to find out which terms families are already using to get to your website, and then think about some additional terms that you might want to rank for. Um, Make sure that you're using title tags and meta descriptions on every page. Use plain text for your header and footer and alt text for your images. Those are all just general best practices, but you also need to understand that SEO movement can take time. So it might be three months, it might be six months, it might even be a year before you see a significant change in your website's SEO position. So that's something that you want to be aware of. Next question, are there any recognizable trends among parents seeking a Catholic elementary school? So even though this wasn't platform specific, I included it because I think that it still could help some people to hear a, um, a, you know, How I respond to this question. So I'll try to keep it short. But in general, what we've seen is that families looking at Catholic schools are more diverse and less Catholic than they used to be. So that's something that you're going to want to keep in mind on an increasing basis. You're marketing to families who are not who they don't identify as Catholic. They represent a wider range of cultural backgrounds, a wider range of income profiles, and a wider range of learning needs. So that's something to really think about, not just in terms of niche, but also with the way that you're engaging families in general. I have been quoting a colleague of mine a lot because we had a conversation about this at the end of last year, and he said that either you're a Catholic school or you're a school that happens to be Catholic. And that distinction, is really important. It's going to become even more important as you think about your long-term enrollment strategy because that you know, very traditional, very um, clear and direct Catholicism is going to resonate with some people and it's not going to resonate with others. And so at a, as an institution, you really have to decide you know, what types of families do we want to bring into our community and what type of school do we want to be long-term. Next question is How can large school districts like ours, with more than 19,000 students, utilize Niche as a marketing tool for 40 plus schools in family engagement programming? So, I've seen this, I've seen schools do this a couple different ways, and full disclosure, there isn't a perfect solution to having a large district with multiple sub beneath it. Um, but some people will do a premium profile at the district level, and then just claim the profiles for individual schools. So you have the ability to update them, but you don't have to worry about building out these super robust profiles for every single school in your district. Since we saw earlier that at the school level, reviews are really important, um, in that case, I would prioritize making sure that your reviews are current school by school by doing a review campaign, and then keep the bells and whistles at the district level. Um, Another approach that I have seen is actually with a lot of Catholic um, dioceses, which is to have the pages for individual schools managed at the diocesan level with a core team there. Um, but that can be really tough for public school districts. There's, there's a lot of one-person in in that world. So option one might be better for you to start. And then the last question before we get to live questions, what are some ways public school districts that rank closely with competitors can better position themselves in order to capture prospective families? So this is a branding question, and I would approach it in the same way that I would approach it for a private school because it's the same challenge. So the goal is to help a family understand why they should choose your school or your district specifically, whether it's your mission, the resources and opportunities available to students, your approach to education, IB versus AP, parent and family engagement, the list goes on and on. It's really about what is true for you. We saw that parents looking at public schools are really interested in quality. So if your ranking is on par with your peers, that's a great first step. But Having a strong brand that demonstrates what uniquely differentiates you from those other districts is going to be what moves the needle with parent consideration. And part of that is also knowing this is for everybody, that your school or your district is not for everybody, and that is okay. I know that sometimes there is this sense of urgency that we need to enroll and enroll and enroll, but not every student, not every family is right for you. And, And part of strategic enrollment management is acknowledging that and really figuring out a way to speak to the people who are a good fit for your community. Um, Which I know is harder from a district standpoint, but if you're in an area with a lot of high rankings, this is something that people are really going to respond to is having very strong, clear messaging about what your value proposition is. And then from a platform standpoint, this is an area where the audience insights reports can tell you where you stand in terms of traffic compared to peer schools. And districts. so that's another lens that you can look through. If you see that another district might um, have a lot more traffic, you can try to dig into why that might be is do they have a basic profile? Do they have a premium profile? What's on the premium profile? If they have it? How are they messaging? what are what are they highlighting? And you may be able to get some ideas there um, that can help add a little bit more equity and what families are seeing. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and wrap us up. There are a couple questions that I think require much more time than we have. So, again, if you are if you are willing to send me an email, I'm happy to talk to you one-on-one. But I appreciate all of you being such a f- fabulous audience. We have lots of you who hung on until the very end. Um, if you have questions that come up later, you have shower thoughts, as I like to call them, feel free to reach out to me directly. Again, my contact information is here. Otherwise, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon, and I will see you at our next webinar. I do want to share that we have a virtual event. Uh, our enrollment summit is coming up on April 20th. So. Please take a look at that. I'll include a link for that in the follow-up as well. But it's a full day of free professional development that we hope that you will join us for as well. So have a great day, everyone.